Okay, let's get into this year's Parshas Mishpatim, Tavshin Ayin Zayin. Uh, as we get into the second Parsha, Maimad Arsinai, as we know, these Parshas that we were in, that we started back in Parshas Vo, we have Yisias Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, Maimad Arsinai A, Maimad Arsinai B, as we have all the laws of Mishpatim, but again, Berch Avdalad, at the end of the Parsha, uh, we have a second version of Maimad Arsinai, which maybe at the end we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to some of the thoughts if we have time to review from uh, previous years, and hopefully at the end of the this year we'll have one thought uh, in just a couple of uh, in a couple of days so we start off at the beginning these are the mishpatim these are the laws and we know the sedra the parsha starts off with many dinim detailed dinim so many mesechtas are based on the psukim and the rashis the Rashi is based on the Masechtas in, uh, in this parsha, And we start off with many Bein Adam Lachavera. That's a chunk, a major chunk. Not all, but a major chunk of Mishpatim. When we think of Mishpatim, we think of Dinam, we think of Mishpat, we think of Bezdin. So many laws of Bezdin come up in this, week, in this parsha of Mishpatim. As we mentioned in previous years, in, some of the, in the world of the Rishonim, some of the Rishonim, the Sefer HaChinuch, one of them had Mishpatim split as two parshios. It was Parshas Mishpatim and Parshas in Kesef Talveh. Now we have it as one Parsha. But the Torah starts off the Parsha right after Maimon Arsinai with the Elah Mishpatim Asher Tassim Lefehem. And a question that is asked by many, we this year have it from the Yam Simcha, why exactly is this the beginning? Yesh Lahair, source number one. A might take of Acharein Asina Satora, Hadavar Harishon, Sechiva Kadesh Baruch Hu, Rabbeinu, is Dini Mominus. And mishpatim, and dealing with uh, avadim, and dealing with uh, wounding each other, and stealing from each other, and damages, and shomrim, all the halachas of Abakama, Baba that are learned out from uh, this week's, this parsha. So it says the Yam Simcha, V'nire Leva'er Hadvarim. And, well, well, we'll leave that question. The, the Medr says in Vayikra, Sha'avon Gezel Makatreg Barosh Kol Sharha Averis. There are many sources that tell us that Gezel, stealing, interpersonal Averis, we spoke a little bit about this two weeks ago from the Meshachachma, but this week, interpersonal Averis are the leaders. They're the Rosh Kolomakachachim. We remember the Midrashim, not even the Midrashim, the Psukim in Parshas Noach. What was the final straw that broke the camel's back? Was Gezel. Was the stealing, were the laws that they made. And he says, look in the Medrash Rabbah here, Amr Abelazar, call HaTorah Tluya B'Mishpat. The Medrash says, why is Mishpatim put where it is? Because that is crucial. That is a basis. That is a tenet. The Torah points out, in the beginning of Chosh Mishpat, and the Beis Yossi discusses it too. The two Mishnayis in the beginning of Perk Yavos, the beginning of Perak Aleph, and the end of Perak Aleph. The beginning of Perak Aleph. Omeid. The three pillars that make the world stand, Torah, Avodah, Gemilas, Chasadim. There's a less famous Mishnah at the end of Perak Aleph, of Perak Yavos. Al Shloshet Dvarim HaOlam Kayam. Al Adin, Al Emes, Va'al HaShalom. Din, one of the pillars that makes the world stand. And the Torah quotes Rabbeinu Yonah there. What is the relationship between these two ideas? And the Beis Yosef discusses it also. But we see that one of the major pillars that the world stands on is Davka, Bein Adam Lachavero. And that is the Yisod that we need to have right after Kabbalah Satora. And then he quotes beautifully a story, a little story, to illustrate this idea. They want to ask, he quotes in the second column, Ba'uv Diyadana, Diyadua. It's known that one of 
the most popular prakim to start learning Gemara with in elementary schools in Beit Sefer Yisodi is Elam Second parak of That is one of the more popular prakim. And Ramosha Feinstein, the post was once asked, why? Out of all the Mesech, to start with brachas. Start with bracho, start with uh, any of the prakim of Neim Asai or any of the prakim. There are other prakim also throughout Shas. Some of the prakim in Mesech. It's Tainus. Why Tafke Elam one of the Nezikin Mesechtes? Now, why is that? They ask Ramosha. Upamach has line seven. Hamenalim hamalamdim ratzul l'shanu l'haschil v'landim mesechas brachas shu yosu nogel yom yom v'shalu al zeagon Reb Moshe v'heishiv lahem kizel min agyashem ein l'shanos. He says, no, you don't you don't change such a minhag. And let me tell you a little bit about the minhag. The lios ishnem on l'shem beis hamedrash over bayis benyani kriyashma v'tvila to be a good Jew and say kriyashma properly and daven properly. That's important. But it's a little easier than being a Jew and being a strong-minded halachic individual in the street and in business and into personal relationships where we have to deal with real-life cases. And if we don't engage and if we don't train and educate in the Ben Adam realm at the youngest of ages... Says then that's 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 an opportunity lost. Says Rav Moshe, Elam Etzias Shaloh, Elam Etzias Chayav Lahachris. What's yours? What's not yours? Realize the details of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do regarding Dafka, your friends and others. So he says, Binyani Kriyash Mavatila Vidaver Nokel Klavi Mashetzorach Lios Neman Lashem Bimamun Shalacherim Shenogei Chutz Labayis. And we have to teach them very early, and that's why we have. And the uh, similar, similar ideas. And he doesn't add, but we might add another uh, simple one-line idea. And that is, what's the first question the Gemara in Shabbos, Lamed Aleph says? We're going to be asked. Out of the six questions, the second one is Kavati Itzim LaTorah. The first one, Nasata Venatata Be'emuna. That's the first question. Where did that question come from? We've discussed various times in the past. What's the source for that? Why is that the first question? Tosfus even asks. There's another Gemara that seems to say otherwise. But maybe the source is the Torah itself. Right after Maimon Harsinai. What is the first set of laws? You have all of the halachas of Shomrim and Nezikin and all of these areas discussed right here in Pasha Mishpatim. All of a sudden it hits us, those, all of us who have the schus. We have to be Mavr Sedra from Breshe Shmo, Breshe Shmo, Yisro. Mishpatim is in change. Now it's not about life, it's about laws. And the rest of the Torah, life and laws interspersed, but it's laws about life. And that's how we have to look at it. And that's where Mishpatim comes in right after the event of Maimon Harsinai. There's even just an interesting Hosafa, once we're on the topic of order, that he quotes at the end from the Divra Yoel, who quotes... Why is it that the tour, he talks, he says the Shulchan Aruch, but it's really the tour, the tour organizes the Arba'a Turim, the four Turim, Arachayim is the beginning. Arachayim, Yerodeya, Ebenezer, Choshim, Mishpah. Why is Choshim, Mishpah last then? If Choshim, Mishpah is so important, and Mishpatim comes first, and Asad of Muna is right away, so that should be first. Why is Dr. Choshim, Mishpah last? See, he quotes one of the first halachas in Choshim, Mishpah, if you look in the beginning of Hilchas Dayanim in Simon Yud Beis, is the concept of Pshara. The concept of compromise. And that's what we always try. Din Karav Lepshara, the Gemara in Sanhedrin. 
We can't have Pshara at the beginning of the Shulchan Aruch. Because then one might think erroneously, we could also have Pshara in Arachayim, in Hilchah Shabbos, in Hilchah Kashrus, in other areas of Allah. No, no. There's Pshara in Hilchah Bedad Machavero. We have to do what we have to do regarding HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we have that. And the Torah gives it right afterwards. And as we'll see later on, if we have time, more elements at Maimon Arsinai, Bedad Machavero. But one has to realize that idea right at the beginning of the Torah, right at the beginning of Kabbalah Torah, the first section of law that we received when we were a nation, the laws of Ben Adam Machavero, Baba Kama, and Baba Messiah. Okay, that gets us started. Let's move right along. A question that we've dealt with in past years, but let's return to it this year. The Torah tells us at the beginning, the section of Avadim, Kisikna Evet Ivri, Sheishanim Yavod, when there's a Jewish servant, Always better to translate it as servant, not slave. Slave has a negative connotation. Avadim have tremendous privileges and rights, as is discussed in the Rambam and Hilchas Avadim. So when one buys an Evid Ivri, who can't support himself, who stole and can't pay back, Sheishanim Yavod, Uvashvi'is, Yisela Chashichina. In Bekapo Yavo, Bekapo Yetzei. What does Bekapo mean? Tough word to translate. Rashi says, Bekapo, that means by himself. Washim Bekapo, Beknafo. The corner of his baguette. If all he has is himself, meaning he's not married, then the Adon, the master, is not allowed to give him a wife, a Shivcha Kananis. But in Bali Shahu, if he's married, so then the Yatsa Ishtoimo, so then, as Rashi explains based on the Torah Shabal then he is allowed to give. Uh, his servant, a wife. Rashi, in Bekapo Yavo, Shalom Hayan Nasuyisha, Kedarkumo Imbo Chodohi, Bekapo Yetzei, Magidshim, Lo Hayan Nasuy Mitchila, Ein Rabbo Moser Lo Shivcha Kanan, is close to me, hold me, man, Avadim. If he's single, if he comes in single, then he's, not, he's allowed to be given a Shivcha. But if he's married, so then, uh, if he is single, then he is not allowed to be given a Shivcha, and if he is uh, married, he can. And the question is, doesn't the Svarab Shouldn't the svar be the opposite? Only if he's already married could he then get another, so to speak, wife. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Ask all the Rishonim. Ask the Chizkuni. Source number two. Bottom. We discussed this about eight or nine years ago. If he wasn't married, then the rabbi was not allowed to give him. Why? It should be just the opposite. If he's married, then that's it. He's taken. Can't, can't, uh, can't give him another partner. If he's not married, okay, then... No, just the opposite. Why is that? Says the Chizkuni, source number two. Mishum di'ika lamechish, shema yehe'adik v'shivcha kina'anis. Says the Chizkuni, if he's not married and the husband, the uh, master gives, her, gives him a shivcha, asi lamemar, at the end of those six years, we don't want him to be able to say, you know what, I'm happy. That's a bit the Eved, to be an Eved nirtzah. To want to stay in the state that one is in. We discussed the symbolism of this in the past. He's happy to be an Evan. He's happy not to have responsibility. He's happy not to be in a state of independence and having to make his own decisions. We don't want that. So if his whole life is the Shifcha, so then says the Chizkuni, there's a, ner- there's a worry. He'll come say, If he already has a wife, there's no, there's no chance. Yeshlo Yehudim. Adoni. 
Okay, so there's a chashash. Kind of like a siyag da'araisa, one might call it. If he's married, we're not worried about anything about staying uh, after those years uh, that he's going to want to stay in Eved uh, and not just be in Eved to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But says the Maharal on a more fundamental level. Says the Maharal on the Gurarye on the left side in source number three. V'yem Tomar, my svarizos. Ask the Gurarye, same question the Rishonim asked. Ifcha mistavra. Just the opposite it should be. If he doesn't have a wife going in, okay, then he's free, then he's single, so to speak. And then he can have a, a not, be given the Shivcha Kananis. What's the Svara? Says the Gerarye, the Ein Ze Kasha. I don't think it's a problem. Devadai Mistaverhu. Sheim Yeshlo Yisraelis. If he has a, ma- a wife already, lo yomar lo besov sheishanim. He starts off by quoting the idea like the Chizkuni. Ahafi esadoni ishto kenanis. The bishalava ishto Yisraelis yetsay. Avalam elo Yisraelis bevade bishalava ishto lo yetsay. Okay, like the Chizkuni says. But then he says something deeper. The yesh baze od davar nifla. There's something wondrous here, says the Maharal. Says the Maharal, a husband and wife form a team. A husband and wife are a pair that are connected to each other, that are halves of one coin. And therefore, if the man who is an Eved is married already, he's already complete. He's already full. He already has his Zug. He's the pair. And therefore, this Shivcha is not his pair. Is clearly not his pair. It's the shivcha of the Evan and of the Master. Servicing. And therefore he would be allowed to give the shivcha. But if he's not, if he doesn't have a wife yet, which means he's not complete yet, the shivcha, who is semi-Jewish, is going to help complete? That's not going to work. This will appear to him as a wife. He will, in the words of some other Achronim, he will think this is what marriage is. No, no, no. You have a full Yisrael and a Yisraelis to form the team, to form the complete set. And once that complete set is had, is complete, so then a Shifcha is not going to impinge and danger that relationship. That, that unique, tight relationship between a husband and a wife. If there is no wife and there's a shifcha, then she is impinging on that relationship. If you look in the footnotes, Rabbi Hartman quotes elsewhere from the Maharal and Bracious. You look in the bottom, source number four. Every creation created in the world, the completion is the male and the female together. That's the complete unit. A male or a female, neither of them are complete, right? Eselo, Ezer, Kinegdo. Every creation was created male and female. It's even amazingly the Lushan used when the animals walked up to the Teva. The Tarevin uses the Lushan, Ishva Ishto, by the animals, which the Mepharshim are bothered by. But Zachar Nekeva, that's a unit. Zachar Nekeva borrows some Ikra Shmam Adam. Lo Nikra Adam Elakish Lo Zuk Imo. That is the complete unit. And therefore, if that unit is complete, then a shifcha can be added on. If the unit is not complete yet, then the shifcha might be stepping on the toes and go, trying to uh, come into the unit, which the shifcha is not capable of yet until she's fully Jewish. 
and therefore we don't allow. We've discussed uh, in other contexts the thought of many of the Bali Musar uh, explaining the Gemara in Masechus Ksubis. I didn't give it to you again, but the Gemara in the first paragraph of Masechus Ksubis discusses uh, how exactly HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. The Gemara says that originally HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create the world Adam and Chava. created to create them as two. But then he changed his mind and he created them as one. And that's why we have two Yotzer HaAdam brachas and Shabbat brachas. Yotzer HaAdam, because originally Kadesh Baruch wanted to create the Adam and Chava as two separate beings, Kadesh Baruch Hu Kaviyacho changed his mind and created them as one. And then what happened? Then Kadesh Baruch Hu split them. And then what happened after he split them? He brought them back together. Esther Marashah, they are in Suba, Stavches. I don't understand. Kadesh Baruch Hu was like four steps. Kadesh Baruch Hu originally wanted to create Adam and Chava as two. And then he said, no, I'm going to create them as one. And then what did he do? He took Chava from Adam and split them. And then what happens? He brought them back together to get married again. What's the, what are the different levels? Says the Marashah there. Because marriage is about a unit. But a unit has to have two parts to it. Meaning, Kadesh Baruch Hu, the original thought was to create them as two. What is two? Two parts coming together. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, though, saw, though, two people are so different, have so different personalities, different strengths, different everything. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu would create man and woman, Adam and Chav, as two separate units, they would never get married. They would never come together. Hashem says, I'm going to have to create them as one and then split them. So when they come back, the metaphysical, the deeper connection that they will have that they won't even realize consciously, but subconsciously that his souls will, are there that they were originally together like Adam and Chava were together created. And that's what the Maharal is explaining. In Begapo Yavah, Begapo Yetzei there can't be a Shifcha involved because the ultimate unit has not been completed yet. If it's been completed, then there's no danger and then one can one can give a Shifcha. Okay. Moving right along. So we continue in the first Aliyah. Again, Mishpatim we could spend many, many hours on. But we continue in the first Aliyah and we have the Halachas of Chavala. Chavala, the eighth parak of Masechah Baba Kama. Parak Chavala, Pasig Yudches. People are fighting and man hits their friend with a stone, with a fist. Doesn't, didn't kill him, but, you know, he, he got sick. If he gets better, he doesn't die. He has to pay the five learned out from Sukkim, Nezaksar, Ripui, Sheves, and Boshes, the five payments that a wounder pays. But the one we'll focus on for a minute are the last two words. The Rapo, Yurape. And he has to pay for the doctor's bills. The Rapo, Yurape, we know the Gemara in Babakama tells us on Daf. Uh, pay, hey, you have it there in source number five in the bold print. Rapo, Yurape, Mikan, Shenitan, Rishus, Lerofe, Lerapos. From here, we learn that a doctor has the permission to heal. Quoted in Shulchan Aruch. That's the Gemara in Baba Kama. What's the Kiddush? Why would I have thought that the doctor doesn't have the right to heal? Says Rashi there. I'm going to give you the Rashi because the Chavetz Chaim quotes the Rashi. Source number six, second line. Says Rashi. Hashem made this guy sick. Who am I? I'm going to make him better? Hashem made him sick. So I'm like undermining what Hashem wants to do. Hashem wants him to be sick, so who am I to try to make him better? No, the Torah itself says, Rapa Yerape, you're allowed to heal. Tosva similarly. Tosva says, 
Right there. What do you need the double Lashon for? Rapo Yirape. The Yeshlomer says, Tosis an amazing Havamina. I might have thought that the only time a doctor could get involved if there is a humanly inflicted wound. Because that, quote-unquote, is coming from another human being. But a heavenly given sickness, same thing like Rashi says, it appears that I'm going against what Kodesh Baruch wants. Kamash Shari. That's the Chiddush Torah. The Torah goes out of its way to say, no, even if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives it, not only if it's man-given, humanly given, one can still, and one has the obligation, to heal. There's an amazing deal that the Chafetz Chaim makes in one word in the Chazal. One word in the Rashi that he just quoted. What's the context of the Torah here? What type of illness are we talking about in the Torah? When the Torah says, Verapo Yerape, what's the context? It's not a, a God-given sickness. It's human. They're, they're fighting with each other. The guy punched each other. The guy punched. What is, how does the Rashi formulate that? I might have said, you can't hear why? Rachmana Mache, the EU, Masi. Hashem made you sick. Hashem made me sick here? Somebody punched me in the face. Hashem made me sick. He made me sick. What is Rashi talking about? Artosis, Kamash Malan, we include all illnesses. But what, is the, what, is, what does that mean? Rachman Amachai. Says the Chafetz Chaim, Mikol Zemuchak Lehed, we see from here. Shekol in Yonetzar Shemizdamin Laadam. Any type of pain a person goes through. Viafiluim Echad Mecharfo Megadfo. Even if somebody else is inflicting it, the way we have to look at it is that they're just a tool from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we'll see. Yes, Mitzad, Bechir, Hashem will take care of them. But Mitzidi, it's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even if somebody does something to me, Rachmana Mache. We have to look at it as HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving it. Even if somebody is blaspheming me, Elisham Magaglan Chovay Dechayev Hashem used him as the tool. Kamosh Amar Chazal Vashivos Elavavecha Shavonasechim and Macharfim Oscha Vechulu and he continues. And what's the Raya Brewer? He quotes from this Rashi. Meakasev Hanal Hamedaber Binyan Meriva Binishla Reihu. We're talking about a fight between uh, two people. Kakasev Chiriven Anashim Vigeshes Reihu. And what does the Torah say? What does Rashi say? Yafapik in line 12. Mechane ha-gemara es inyin ha-ka-azos b'lashon. Rachmana machi. What do you mean Rachmana? It's the other guy. No. Ela al-karachak gam inyin she-kazeh gam kei min ha-shamayim. This is all from min who do we learn this from? David HaMelech. You read Sefer Shmuel. It's unbelievable. David HaMelech's ability to let things go. He's walking out of Yerushalayim, right? His son has rebelled, has against him. He's taken over the kingdom. He's walking. Shimi Ben-Gera gets up there and curses him and throws rocks at him. And, 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 terrible. What does David say? Hashem Amar Lo Kalel. It's from Baruch It's from For whatever reason, HaKadosh Baruch decides. Says the Chavetz Chaim, that's what we learned from this. It reminds us a little bit, we mentioned in the past, the beautiful thought of the Sefer HaChinuch, about the Isra of Nekama, where the Chinuch mentions in Simon Mitzvah Reish Mem Aleph, 
the Isra of Nikama, the Isra of taking revenge, Klomar, one of the more challenging Isurim in the Torah. You know, revenge is sweet, revenge is natural. If somebody does something to me, they didn't invite me, so I'm not going to invite them. Right? They did this to me, or they didn't lend me their spoon, so I'm not going to give them my spoon. And it's a daraisa. The Chinuch wonders, what's the strategy for us? How can we try to think of a way to, to train ourselves not to have that automatic attitude of getting somebody back? I mean, if somebody cuts us off on the highway, we need to. It's a chiyav daraisa to go and pass by and give him the stare, stare at him. And what do you right? Isn't that that's natural? Rachman al-Islam. So, how do, what's the strategy that we could take within us that can help us with this? Says the chinuch, unbelievable. Line fifteen, mishar mitzvah. Sheyeh exactly what the chavetz chaim is medayik in this chazal. Rachman amachei, mishar mitzvah. Sheyeh da haadam iten alibo. We have to realize ki kol asher yikreyu mitov adra. Everything that happens to us as objects, who see b'shet tavo alav meis Hashem baruchu. It's from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It wouldn't happen if Hashem wanted it to happen. When somebody pains a person, we have to realize from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One of my Rebbeim told me a story once that somebody, a woman once called him up and starts screaming at him on the phone. Screaming at him. Like, doesn't he, like he doesn't even know like what, he's, what she's screaming about. Screaming, screaming. And he like holds the phone up and it's like family he hears like he holds the phone up and everybody can hear the screaming screaming and he's smiling look Shramakarish Barahu I've no idea what she's screaming about but it's Shramakarish Barahu okay as an object as a subject every person has Bakira Khashis if somebody punches me Hashem is gonna judge them for acting the way they did but me as an object I have to have the attitude that it was meant to happen for my Baruch Hu, and therefore what's what is it the Nakama he's just a tool and that's exactly, he doesn't quote, quote it, but that's exactly what Yosef HaTzadik said to the brothers. Oh, I'm going to take revenge on you? Kodesh had a plan. Kodesh had a plan. Me as an object, it was supposed to happen. Says the Chafetz Chaim, that's what we learned from the one word, Rachman It's from HaKadosh Baruch. And then just in the footnote, he has a beautiful one-liner that he adds that gives us a little insight into the healing of HaKadosh Baruch and the healing of a human being. Obviously, all doctors are shlichim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But we dive in that Hashem should, should heal us. We shouldn't even need the doctors. Isn't it interesting, says the Chavetz Chaim in source number 8. Regarding HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kiani Hashem Rofecha. Parshas B'Shalach. I am Hashem, your... Doctor, the fey there is soft. It's a fey. It's not a pay. Rof echa. Rafa. Me rafa keheref ayin v'liyagiyah v'amel v'samach harifim. It's soft. It won't be so harsh. Sholeach devaro v'yir pa'eyu. Babasar v'adam v'rapo yirapay. The words in the Torah used are with a dagesh. A little tougher. V'shnei peyin. V'shnei v'dagesh chazak. 
Yes, obviously, Kodesh Baruch Hu gave the wisdom to the world of medicine to be able to perform the operations, but ultimately the greatest refuah comes straight from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and that's a softer. And that's why it's rof echa with a fei and not a pei. Rofei chobasar umafli laasos, and that's what we daven for. Rofeinu Hashem v'nei rofei. Okay. So we get to the parsha of Nezek, as we have been discussing over the past uh, couple of moments. We have the, the Shomrim, and we have Aish, and Bor, and Shor, and Mave, and Schirus. So many different halachas. One thought from Mesechus Baba Kama. There is a Chashuk Yechem in its source number nine. Rav Zilberstein, Baba Kama, Davchav Zayin. The following case. The following case came up Sheila. And he writes, most of his stories either, they, they, this is what happened, or a little detail switch. But this one definitely could have happened. Somebody parks in an illegal spot. What happens? By a, by a bus stop. And let's say it's that craziness, Friday afternoon, bus stop, bus going by, cars everywhere, and somebody's parked where they're not supposed to go. And the bus is trying to get through, and it's trying to squeeze by, and it can't get by. And when it goes by, it hits the car, and the car is damaged, and the bus is damaged. Who pays? I, I wanted to get through. I'm just doing my job. You were parked in a legal spot. Yeah, but, but you shouldn't have hit me. You could have gotten out and stopped and, and, uh, and told me. So, where do you look? Babakama. Okay, we're in Babakama. So, Babakama Chavzai, the beginning of the third parak discusses this. If I leave something in Rishos Arabim, somebody trips on it. I left my car in Rishos Arabim. Somebody tripped on it. Somebody did more than trip. Somebody got hurt. Am I responsible? And somebody comes and trips on it. And it's broken. Shouldn't he have looked where he was going? Different answers given. But the last one is that, if you look in the uh, different days, we're not going to read the whole Gemara now, but uh, the Shochanar quotes all of the opinions, but one of the lines that's quoted on line 12, if somebody leaves something in the street, a barrel, and somebody trips over it and breaks the barrel, the breaker is potter. Why? I'm looking straight. I have to look what's on the floor. If I don't expect anything to be on the floor, no. And if I tripped over it and I broke it, I'm not going to be responsible because how am I supposed to be, know that that's there? I can even do it directly. I feel will says Rav Zilberstein. What if somebody is parked in a way that you're blocking traffic, even if it's not an illegal spot? You're being mafria. If the uh, the bus can't get by, and it even says in the Gemara, if I'm allowed to go here, and it might damage, I'm going to be putter. And he continues with different uh, details of the case, turning over for a moment. What if the bus could have gone by if he was a little better driver? There was room, but, you know, it's a little tricky. Sometimes we see these tiny little 
narrow alleyways and the bus is going down. They're like, how in the world are they getting down? But they do it. Line nine. Right, it's very difficult. How, how much does the bus driver have to be so medoptic? If somebody's at fault. But I just wanted to focus on the last paragraph, which I think is a musr that we could all take. And we're not paschaling for this. This is a chumashir. Sometimes people park where it's illegal to park. And they delay other cars from being able to pass. And let's try to apply this outside of even, I do something to cause people to be delayed. And sometimes it could be we have to think about our actions. I could cause a domino effect of problems. Because what could happen? I am parked somewhere and therefore I delay this this car from getting past me. Because I delayed this person, I caused them pain. One problem. And what if they're going to catch the next bus? They miss the next bus. They miss the next bus. That causes them more pain and maybe even more financial pain. What if there's a taxi that's on a meter that's stuck? So I'm causing the person in the taxi to have to pay more to the taxi driver because the meter is going more. Because I'm causing them to be... <coughs> it's unbelievable. To think about the... the the uh, results, Roes Anolad, Lamaisa, we have to realize that every little thing we do, especially in Rishus Arabim, has consequences, and we have to be so midactic and careful in all areas uh, when we are dealing with with other people's other people's time, other people's uh, property, even even grama. We pointed out in the Dafshi Urim. Even though we pass in Grama Mizak and his putter, if I damage it directly I'm gonna be putter, it's still usser. It's still not allowed. I have to spend the entire second paragraph of Basra discusses. I have to spend a lot of my time distancing anything in my rishus from causing you damage, even if it ends up causing damage, I might not be obligated to pay. But it's still us, sir. I have to think many times over before I before I do anything that might negatively affect you. Okay. There is a thought that we mentioned a number of years ago from the Vilna Gone, but I thought I'd mention it again because I saw it. I was looking in the Samsofer for thoughts on the parashas here, and I saw it. The Samsofer quotes this thought from the Vilna Gone. If he could quote it from the Vilna Gone, we could quote it again. Samsofer himself quotes this from the Vilna Gone. If we look in the parsha in Parachat Aleph Pasuk Lamed Gimel, we have the context of Bor. Bor, one of the Abos Nizikin. Says the Torah, If somebody opens up a pit, somebody digs a pit, and does not cover it, and an ox or a donkey falls in, the Baal Habor pays. Interesting that the bar is called the Baal Habor. Does he own this bar? It's in Rishos Arabim. The Gemara says, there are two things in Halacha that are not really in your Rishos, and the Torah considers it as if it's in Yerushas. Quoted in Babakama and in Psachim. What are they? Chametz on Pesach and a barber Shusharabim. The din of Rabbi Yishmael. Barber, it's not mine. It's not mine. I dug it in the street. How is it mine? The Torah still calls you the Balabar. You dug it, you're responsible. So that's what the Torah says. 
But says the gra, classic gra, if we look in Pasig Lam and Gimel, the first word bar is spelled with a vav. Male. The second word bar is spelled chaser, without a vav. First, it takes the gra to notice that. As we've mentioned in the past, Hakol Kol Yaakov, the gra also taught us. One kol is spelled with a vav, one, spell, one kol is spelled without a vav. But here, the, why is the first bar, the chiyiftach bar is spelled with a vav, a bar male, and chiyichreish bar is spelled chaser. Says the chasam sofer in the name of the Vilna Gon. You don't know who's quoting the grunt until the last line. B'shem agon or b'lyomi Vilna. Says the chasam sofer. B'chiyiftach ishbar or chiyichreish bar. The chasam sofer is the one that was quoted as saying to his talmidim, you could quote my Torah in your name. Just don't quote your Torah in my name. That's the Chassam Sofer. So here he's quoting the Gras Torah in the Gras name. So, it's okay. Bar Risho Malevav. Bar Sheni Chaservav. Yesh Lomar. Shemerumaz Bazeh. Shaamru Chazal Huba Barashi. Look in Rashi. Rashi quotes a halacha from Masechah's Baba Kama. I'm sorry, it's cut off a little bit. So I wrote it in. Kiyiftach Ish. What does it mean when a person opens a pit? It means it was covered and you opened it. Digging a pit. What does it mean dig? Even if you dig an already existing pit that wasn't fully a pit yet. What are the measurements of those pits that you open and that you dig? If you open up a pit, you're going to be only if it is the depth that Chazal assumed to be a damaging bar, which is 10 Tzvachim. Or if all I did was take the cover off, if the bar is only 6 Tzvachim deep, even if I take the cover off, I'm not responsible if your ox falls in and breaks its leg, because that's not, a, that's not, a, that's not deep enough for the ox to be Damaged in that way. So that's why it has to be ten tvachim. That's a real bar in, in halacha. Ten tvachim deep. Vihine, that's by opening a pit. If you open it, it's got to be ten tvachim. Vihine hakoreb, but what about digging? What if the pit is already nine tvachim deep? And I dig one tefach. So then I only dug one, but I'm chayev because now I have created a bar that's ten tvachim deep. Vihine hakoreb tisha tvachim. Vinafal shama shawar chamar, patrimilashalim. If I dig nine, I'm potter. If one guy comes and digs the tenth one, Hasheni Chayev. Lachain, Kiyiftach Ish Bar, She'ena Kora, Klum. If I open up a bar, She'ena Kora Klum, that I don't dig at all, Rak Poseach Oso, Venafal Shamashor Chamor, I just open it and something falls in. Then it has to be dafka if it's bar amok yud. Go back to the psukim, says the Vilna Gon. You open it, if you open it, it's got to be a bar male. With a vav. It's got to be a full pit. Ten tzvachim deep. Digging? Even less. Even chaser. You have nine. You dig one tefach. That's all you have to do. Bar chaser. Says the Vilna Gon. 
Another raya that the Torah was written by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All these little ramazim that we have and just little letters that we could build a whole ideas from. Bar with a vav and bar and bar without a vav. Okay, moving right along to a thought that we never really, never really spoke about. So after all the laws, towards the end of the parsha, we have part of a story again. Before Maimed Arsinai, we have Perachav Gimel. Perach of Gimel, right after Shishi. Hashem says to Moshe, Hine malach I will hereby send a malach in front of you. to guard you, to bring you to the place. be very careful with him, with this malach I'm sending you. Ushma do not rebel. Against this Malach. Because he will not carry your sins. My name is in him. If you listen to him and you do everything I say, I'll fight your wars. Again, my Malach will go in front of you. And he will bring you. And I'll wipe them out. And he gets back to Avodazara. Ask the Rishonim, what Malach? What's he talking about? What, what, what kind of Malach are, is, is being referred to here? Very mysterious Malach. But the Torah doesn't, it's, it's wasn't spoke, spoken about beforehand. We have Maimon Ar Sinai, we have all of these laws, and all of a sudden Hashem says, I'm going to send a Malach in front of you. What's, what's, what's the Torah driving at here? So let's look at Rashi. And I think many of us are, are brainwashed in a good way by Rashi, because that's what we've always reviewed and learned. What does Rashi say? What is this referring to? Says Rashi, Sholech Malach, Kan Nisbasru Sha'asidin Lachto. Says Rashi, and the Ramban quotes it in source number 12. Hashem is alluding here to the fact that the Jews are going to sin. There's going to be a cheta egel. There's going to be sins in the future. This is an allusion to the fact that Hashem is not going to want to have his intense hashraz hashchina, and he's going to say, you know what, I've had it. I'm leaving. I'll send the, I'll send the malach. We'll lead you. I'm not doing it. I'm not having that closeness. That's what's being referred to here. Kishmi Bikirbo. My name is in, is in, uh, him. What is that? That's referring to, Rashi quotes again, Zematatron, Sheshmo Kishem Rabo, Ramatatron, Gematria Shakai. Okay. It's talking about a malach. And it's referring to the time when, after the Chet Egel, Hashem says, enough, I'm sending a malach, and I'm not interested in going because you know, I'm not, uh, I don't feel that closest anymore. That's Rashi. Ask the Ramban. There's one problem with this pshat. Rashi says, this is referring to what happened after Chet Egel, that Hashem says, it's, uh, I'm going to send a malach. But keep reading, says the Ramban. What happened after Hashem says that? Moshe says, you can't do that. No, you have to come. No, you can't. And Hashem says, fine. So it didn't happen. Hashem says, in this speech, I'm going to send a malach, and it's referring to that. The Ramban says, but... Moshe got forgiveness for that. And it never happened that Hashem sent the Malach. So what's Rashi talking about? Asked the Ramban. Says the Ramban, on line 4. It was never fulfilled. Hashem says it. Hashem threatened. 
Moshe asked for compassion. And he says, fine. So, what is what is being referred to here? Ask the Ramban and Rashi. You can't leave Rashi as the Ramban writes in that his commentary. Rashi, lo mishpata b'chora. Rashi is the b'chor of the Pirushim. So I have to help him out, says the Ramban. The truth the explanation according to this opinion is, You're right. While Moshe was alive, this did not, this did not occur. This did not take place because Hashem himself, Followed along. But after Moshe dies, then it changed. Beginning of Yericho, beginning of Yeshua, Yericho, and the, the Malach comes, the Sartzva outside of Yericho. Atabasi, uh, Yeshua looks up. Ish says the Ramban, that story in the beginning of Yahushua is a defining moment in Jewish history. That is the switch from the intensity of full HaKadosh Baruch Hu being with them and the Malach fulfilling what was said here. Moshe's um, request was strong enough for when Moshe was alive. But after Moshe dies... Then it goes to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu had threatened before. Line 16. And he quotes a Tanchuma to this effect. But now is the time. So that is idea number one. Rashi has explained by the Ramban. There is a Kabbalistic idea which we're not going to go into. That the Ramban continues with Valderach Emes. But that could be for uh, another time. But the Rambam has another pshat. The Rambam in the Morn of Uchim, he devotes an entire parak, Pachelik Beis, Perak Lamedala, to explain this Pasuk. What is the Malach that is being referred to here? And we know that the Rambam has a different view of Malachim than the Ramban does, which will affect, you know, what exactly does, does this mean here? So says the Rambam. You know what Malach is here? It's not what, from the Psukim, what? According to Rashi. It's Hashem is right after he gives the Torah. He's already talking about when they're going to sin. What, doesn't sound that way from the Psukim. No. Says the Ramah in the Marna Vuchim. On the left side. He, called, he starts off by saying, What does this mean? So skip the first column. You know what I'm saying a Malach means? I am not going to be with you with such miraculous open events forever. A Malach means a different type of Hashkacha. Malach means a lower level of Hashkacha or a more hidden level of Hashkacha. It's not me on the level that you've seen it's not going to be forever. And at this stage, maybe it was only in, in another 11 days, it wasn't going to be anymore, right? After, the, after they go into Eretz Yisrael, it was going to be Teba. The month wasn't supposed to be for 40 years. It was supposed to be for a couple of days. Says the Rambam. 
through messengers but it's not direct and it's not as intense and that's what the Pasuk is referring to. That's what Malach means. Again, that is an idea of the, of the Rambam. Okay. Let's have one more thought related to the Parsha and then one thought related to Inyane Chodesh Adar. There is a thought that I, I don't think I mentioned it in Parsha here. I was looking at the notes, but it's a thought that's come up in other Shiurim. So uh, some might be familiar with this, but it's a classic. It's the last Ksavah Kabbalah on the Parsha. The last Ksavah Kabbalah. The end of the parsha we know is Maimon Harsinai, take two, and Parach of Dalid. And we have the description of Maimon Harsinai, Moshe Rabbeinu, taking the karbanos and uh, sprinkling some of the dam on the am, some of the dam on the mizbeach. And Nasa Nishma is said here at the end of Mishpatim. And the Pasuk says, Nayom HaShem HaMoshe, Alei Elai HaRavayesham, go up the mountain, be there, as we like to talk about. Ve'etanolachas luchas ha'even, I'll give you the luchos. Aaron and Hur, Mibaldvar Migashalehem, until the end of the uh, Parsha, where there is one Pasik that Tiksava Kabbalah focuses on. The second to last Pasik in the Parsha. We'll start with Maftir. The cloud of Hashem goes on our Sinai. Moshe is called from the cloud. The Mare, the appearance of the Kvod Hashem, was a consuming fire on the top of the mountain. Why is Hashem described as a consuming fire? You know, we don't usually describe the Torah is but why is Dafka at Maimon Arsinai Hashem described as a consuming fire? Says the Ksava Kabbalah of Mecklenburg Lidaiti Ein amachuvan bazel lahashvos uladamos esmarek for Hashem el eish ochelas beichuto The Torah is not really comparing HaKadosh Baruch Hu to a fire chas v'shalom that they saw a fire. No. To make the, the vision of God into something physical? No. An amazing thought. It's describing that amazing event of Kabbalah Satorah. And the Torah is teaching us, line 8, Kabbalah Satorah, for the two million Jews that were there, it wasn't the same experience for each one. Everybody had their own personal Kabbalah Satorah. The Marshal writes in his Akdama to Baba Kama, it's as if there was a pipe, a separate pipe, with the Kedusha and the Torah coming down to each one of us. Why? Why, did every, why wasn't it one big Kabbalah Satara? Why was it unique and personalized? Says the Ksavah Kabbalah. If you have fire, and fire is burning up six different items, depending on the combustibility of each item, 
That will depend how it's burned up. Plastic burns in one way. Wood burns in another way. Metal burns in another way. Um, any, any, anything. Any material. It's burned differently. It's the same fire. But because the properties of the items being burned are different, they're affected differently. The Kabbalah Satora was the same for Mitzvah Kaddish Baruch Hu. But depending on how well each Jew prepared themselves for Kabbalah Satora, depending on how combustible they made themselves in order to feel the fire of Torah, the fire of Kabbalah Satora, that's as much Kabbalah Satora they experienced. And that was the job during the days of, of Shloshes Zimei Hagbalah, getting ready. Depending on how they prepared themselves. If you prepare themselves only a little bit, it didn't burn so much. The fire of Torah didn't burn so much in them. And like he describes the Masha, line 17. Certain things fire flies through. And certain things fire has a very difficult, difficult time affecting. At Kabbalah Satara, we had to try to make ourselves very ra'uy. And matim to be burned, burned in the best way, burned by the Eish Ocheles of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu is described as, as an Eish Ocheles at the event of Maimid Har Sinai. Ke'eish Ocheles Shahar. Okay. One final thought as we talk about the Rechodesh Adar coming in just a couple of days. One thought about Adar. We know the Gemara tells us and the question is asked by the Mepharshim, why the whole month? Right? Why Dafka the whole month? We have it by Avosa, but we'll focus on Adar. What is it about Adar that infects the whole month with Simcha or something that provides us with Simcha? Right? What is it about it? So, explain some of the Mepharshim. If you look in uh, source number 15, you have the Kuntras in Yoni Purim from Rav Chanuch Karlenstein. It's that he has uh, four volumes of uh, thoughts on uh, Moadim. So he quotes that we know every name, every name of the months, even though they're Persian names, but each one has a, has a meaning. Tishrei, Lishrela, Hashra'a, that's one meaning. Nisan has a meaning. Adar has a meaning. What's Adar? So many quote from the Chedush Yarim and the Svasemes. Adar is from the word Aleph, Dar, Dira. Aleph, the Alufa Shalom HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Dar lives. Hashem lives in this month. Hashem resides in this month. He has a Dira in this month. It's not a coincidence, Rav Karlenstein explains, that in a, in a Shana Pshuta, which is most years where there's only one Adar, the first Shabbos and Adar is always Parshas Truma. The Asuli Migdash, the Shachanti Besocham. The house of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because that's what Adar is about. It's the month of Hashra Sashrina. It's the month of Moshe Rabbeinu, who brought down the Shechina more than anyone else. Obviously, David and Shlomo worked on the base of Migdash, but Moshe Rabbeinu brought us the Torah. He built the Mishkan with Aaron's help. He was the one. This is his month. Tar, uh, Haman didn't get it. 
that the Yitzhah died, but it was the completion, it was the completion of his life in Adar. It's all about HaKadosh Baruch Hu always being there. Turn over the page. The whole month. If there's Hashra's Hashrina, there has to be Simcha. Because if there's no Simcha, then Hashem can't rest. Right? It works together. If there's Simcha, then Hashem rests. Because Hashem rests, there is Simcha. So it works together. But the question still is, why does Dafka Hashem rest in this month? What is it about this month that makes it easier, we might call it, to be able to bring down the Shechina? In the Chodesh of Adar, in the Lashon of Adur, I will live in this month, the month of Asuli Mikdash V'Shachanti Basocha. So he explains, based on the tour. the tour quotes in Hilchas Rosh Chodesh that every month is Keneged, one of the Shvatim. Right? Pesach Shavosukas is Keneged, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and the Shvatim get the months. He doesn't say, though, which Sheva gets which month. But many suggest, we don't know everyone, but we know one of them at least. There's only one month that gets split into two sometimes. And there's only one Shevet that got split into two. Yosef HaTzadik is Keneged Adar. Yosef, the Gemara says, his descendants are in subject to Ayin Hara. Adar is about uh, the great Mazel in Adar, as the Gemara says. What is it about Yosef? Explains of Karlinstein. What was Yo- How did Yosef bring the Shechina? How is Yosef the one to set the stage to bring the Jews to Mitzrayim, but to, to set up, to, to, to lay the groundwork? Yosef is known, again, we're not going to read the whole thing, but on the last page, Yosef is known that, as the one that sanctified his life under difficult circumstances, under difficult situations where it wasn't so easy to live a sanctified life with a lot of tumma around him, with a lot of Yetzirahs around him, he was able to sanctify his life and be able to keep the, the Shem Hashem on his lips as he was known for in Mitzrayim and be able to keep the Dmusdiokno Shal Aviv, to keep the spirit of Yaakov Avinu, his father, clear in his head. That type of behavior of sanctifying himself in all areas, living an uplifting life, that brings the Shechina. And that was Yosef Atzadik. Right? He says on line 16, Chazal said, Yosef Zacha Lahorid Shechina Lemitzrayim. How did he do that? Through his life of Kedusha. And that's what this month's about. The month is about Kedusha. It's about sanctifying and uplifting everything. Even, we might say, taking wine, which is usually something that is lowly, but we uplift it. We uplift the wine on this month because we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us. We know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is living in this month. So this is what we have uh, as we start the month of Simcha, Mishnichas Adar, Marbim Misefcha. I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention at the beginning, so I mentioned the, the, uh, that this, uh, this week are two of my grandparents' uh, yard sites. My, uh, my mother's father, Harav uh, Michal Shimon, Ben Rav Yaakov Eskalski's yard site is this week. And my father's mother, Sarah Shendel, Bas Menachem Mendel, both, again, everything that we have, everything that I have, grandparents, parents, we have to realize the simcha that we have and the, and the, um, d- the 
great history that, that we take with us throughout the year, every month, is so jam-packed with meaning, with special qualities. As we start this month of Simcha, we should think about that we are links in the chain, links in the chain of Yados, links in the chain of the Geula, these months of Geula that are coming up. As Rashi quotes in uh, the Masechus Tainus, that the months of Geula are Purim and Pesach. So we have to realize that uh, we are part of a very special people with each of us having a very special torch that we carry from generations past. We should be zochet to carry it into Purim and Pesach and the months of Geula and be zochet to the Geula Shlema in the hair of Yemen.